Thanks for tuning in to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that you're blessed and encouraged to walk out the gospel as you listen to this message. This morning, I wanna talk a little bit with you about the Holy Spirit. Uh, (laughs) We have one person that likes the Holy Spirit here. That's good. (laughs) And I wanna talk about our awareness of him. And I wanna talk about our availability to him. And I, I think it might be the beginning of a, a series of, of talks. I don't know that they'll be in succession, but I just, I feel my heart is turning. Uh, he's moving my heart in this area for us as a church. And so we're going to be in a couple of places in scripture today. Um, we're going to jump around a little bit, but we're going to start in the gospel of John, John chapter 14. And uh, we're just going to jump in right there this morning. Uh, Jesus has just washed his disciples' feet and uh, he's revealed himself. He's let them know that he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. He tells them nobody comes to the Father except through him. And uh, what he's doing here is that he's preparing his disciples for what's soon to happen. He's letting them know that he's going to be physically leaving them. And in John chapter 14, Verse 15, that's where we're going to jump in. He says this to them. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. In fact, he actually says this three times in this one chapter. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. The truth is we could probably just chew on that all morning long and it would be more than enough. Right? Like, if you love me, in other words, he's saying, if you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you. Sometimes I think it's easy to get confused on what loving Jesus actually looks like. But love for Jesus is actually proven and demonstrated by our obedience to all that he commands. That's a good place to amen. So how do we know we love Jesus? Through actually doing what he says. So that's just for free. Just throwing that out there. That's for free today. The next verse 16, which is connected to that. So he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And verse 16, he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jump down to verse 25. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, get this, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Now that is packed with goodness, isn't it right there? I mean, that's just so full of goodness. And I I wanna just unpack it a little bit this morning. And uh, the Greek word for helper here, uh, you probably have heard of of this, is is parakletos. And it's a compound uh, it's a compound word of two Greek words, para, kaleo. Para means very close. Can you say very close? Very close. Kaleo means to beckon or to call. So this is one 
that's called to stand next to you as a helper. Holy Spirit, the one who's called to stand next to you as a helper. Helper could be understood as well as defense attorney, advisor. Other translations say counselor, comforter, encourager, intercessor. When we put these words together, we understand more fully what Jesus is is telling us here, what he's saying. And what he's saying is that the Holy Spirit, get this, is permanently called, not just close, he's permanently called very close. Very close, in and alongside each believer to provide direction, to provide instruction, to provide counsel and comfort. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus. And the promise is he's not leaving. Do you know why he's not leaving? Because Jesus isn't leaving. That's the promise. He's going to be with you forever. Holy Spirit, he says, is going to be with you forever. So the disciples in this place were fearing that Jesus might be abandoning them. They, they were fearing that, that when he would leave, they wouldn't know what to do, that they wouldn't know what to say, they wouldn't know, you know what, what was going on. Have any of you watched The Chosen? I'm loving The Chosen. It's so fun. It, it's so personal, and it's, it's just it's so fun. But, you know, I love the, the characters that they've developed in this and how they follow Jesus around, and it's like they're always waiting on his next move, Right? Like, just, just they, think, they think they know what he's going to do, and then he doesn't do what they think. Like, right? Like, I, the other last one I watched, like, they were all, they were, they were coming at, the religious leaders were coming at Jesus, and they all kind of grabbed their knives in their pockets. Jesus is like, nope. You know, and they all put their knives away. Instant obedience, which is great. But, you know, they're all, like, waiting on Jesus to see how he's going to deal with things. So you can imagine he's been leading them, and all of a sudden he's telling them that he's going to go, and they're, like, concerned about it. Listen to what he tells them in Luke chapter 12, verse 11. He's given them a heads up on some of the things that are to come. He says, when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, don't be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. What a promise for us, right? The Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say because he will teach you all things. Are you all picking up what I'm putting down here? Sometimes I think it's easy for us to be afraid because maybe we feel like we don't have enough training or we don't have enough understanding of the Bible and we're afraid of what we don't know and what we don't know what to say. But guess what? He says, don't be anxious. You will have the Holy Spirit and you will have what you need to say when you need to say it. You will have the counsel You're going to have the direction for where you need to go. You're going to have the words. I think it's so easy for us sometimes to rely so much on what we can do and what we know. Or or also the other end of it is get tripped up on what we don't know. That we miss out on the demonstration of the working of the Holy Spirit as we trust him to work through us. 
in real time, to, to speak through us in real time. I know for some of us in the room today, you might say, man, I don't have a good recall or good memory, right? Anybody, I hear that a lot lately. I, don't, I can't remember things. I can't recall things. It's not very good. I want to encourage you today. Holy Spirit, it says here, Jesus says, will not only teach you all things, Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance all that Jesus said as we rely on him and as we are aware of him. I remember one day, it wasn't very long ago, maybe a few weeks ago, I couldn't find my phone. Have you ever lost your phone? It's like I used to lose my keys all the time. Now I, I don't do that because I leave them. Well, I don't want to tell you where I leave them. Then you'll go steal my car. But, um, I, you know, I, I, I like, I, but now, now it's my phone that I lose often. But I was looking all over the house for it. I'm like, where is my phone? And I was honestly to that point of actually getting quite frustrated. I don't know how long it had been, but I've been, been looking for it for a while. So I'm just retracing my steps um, because, uh, you know, I just, I couldn't find it. And all of a sudden, I became aware that my phone was actually in my pocket. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was right there in my pocket. The phone was actually on my body. I had it with me, but I was not aware of it. And here is honestly what I sense for us, church, that many of us, in moments like we find ourselves in right now or other moments that many of us are looking all over the place for what only can be taught and revealed by the Spirit of God. Trying to figure things out, looking here and there and everywhere for what is already right inside of us and right with us. Sometimes we are so unaware of him and I, I just, it's like he's saying, hey, I'm right here. I'm on you. I'm in you. I have what you need. I'm upon you. Talk to me. I'm very close. You're looking all over to figure things out, but I'm right here to actually counsel you. You got a counselor living in your house. You got a counselor sleeping in your bed. Could be weird. I'm here to help you. I'm here to lead you. You know that difficult thing that you don't know what to do about? I know what to do about it. You know that thing that's happening in your family with your kids that you don't know what to do? I know what to do about it. I'm here to quiet you. I'm here to comfort you. I'm here to remind you and to teach you. And I'm here to fight for you and defend you like an attorney would. I want to be your closest, dearest friend. See, Holy Spirit... There's lots of different ideas about him. And there are books and books and books and books that are written about him. And, and there could be years of sermons preached about him. But Holy Spirit isn't an entity. He's a person. He's personal. A.W. Tozer says this about the Holy Spirit. He says the Holy Spirit is not enthusiasm. He's a person. Put that down in capital letters, that the Holy Spirit is not only a being having another mode of existence, 
but he is himself a person with all the qualities and powers of personality. He's not matter, but he is substance. The Holy Spirit has will and intelligence and feeling and knowledge and sympathy and ability to love and see and think and hear and speak and desire the same as any person has. How many think that's pretty amazing? And I might add, he wants to be very close. He's all these things, and he wants to be very close because he's available. How many have friends? Okay, I've got a couple of friends. Now, my closest friends are the friends that I'm most available to because we can't be available to everybody, right? My closest friends have my telephone number. My closest friends could call me in the middle of the night, right? Like Andy Whaley has an emergency in the middle of the night. He knows it's no problem to wake me up because he's close and he knows that I'm available to him and he's available to me. Sometimes I think we sort of treat the Holy Spirit like he's unavailable. I wanna tell you he's fully available. But sometimes we're not available to him. And availability takes a mutual interaction to produce what's possible. Jumping back to John chapter 14, I think it's worth pointing out again what Jesus says here in verse 17 in that the world cannot receive the spirit of truth. You see that? The world cannot receive the spirit of truth because it neither sees him or knows him. Just a bit of a side note. Why are we so shocked when the world acts like the world? I kind of keep coming back to that a bit. You know, I've said it in different forms over the last couple of years, but how can we expect the world to see and receive truth when they do not know him? When they cannot see him. Jesus said, they don't know him, they can't see him. When their eyes have not yet been opened, when the presence of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, does not yet dwell in them. Of course they're doing crazy stuff. Of course they're doing nutso stuff. So did you before the Holy Spirit got a hold of you and dwelled in you. Some of you are still doing crazy stuff. Right? This might seem like a bit of a side note, but I, I believe it ties in. I read this quote by Dr. Michael Brown the other day, and he says this, if you feel like it's your role as a believer to stop the spiritual and moral decline of society, you'll quickly become discouraged and worn out. But if you concentrate on advancing God's kingdom purposes by positively impacting one life at a time, you'll be encouraged and renewed. Come on, church, I think that's a word for us. 
I do. I want to encourage you this morning. Refuse to be discouraged and wore out by all that you can't control in our society. But by the power of the Spirit, let me tell you, you can impact the one that is right in front of you each and every day. That person that God has given you influence over, that person that you're running into that you think is just by accident at the grocery store, that person that works for you, you actually can be used in that moment to bring a positive impact to that person. And if we all did that, the kingdom would come. If we all did that, the kingdom would come. Church, I, 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 if every believer, let's say the thousands of believers in Springfield, Missouri, actually did that, I believe we'd have revival starting next week. I'm really serious. I mean, you think about the millions of people in our nation that are Jesus lovers. If we actually all just started ministering to the one that was right in front of us and positively impacting them for the kingdom, I believe our country would turn around in a matter of days. We're getting wore out from fighting here and fighting there. And the truth is, is that it actually keeps us from being present to what the Spirit is saying and doing right in front of us. Is what I want to encourage you, and we cannot allow the darkness that is around us to shape our awareness of the atmosphere of heaven that dwells in us and upon us. If you're more aware of the darkness, you'll become less aware of him. I'm serious, guys. I know there's crazy stuff going on, but if you're more aware of that, you'll be less aware of him. I want to be more aware of him than anything else. I want to be more aware of his presence. I want to be more aware of his leading and his leadership than anything else. And here is what I see, and I can only speak for the places of influence that I have. So I'll say this over our church today. I see us rising up so aware, so available, and so full of the Holy Spirit that we are unmoved by opposition and completely moved by our position in him. I'm serious, guys, where we're rising up in what he's made available to us. Because I, and it, preachers preach this and shout it out all the time, and I want to do it again. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. If we actually believe this, everything would change. Everything would change. This is our reality. And so what Jesus is saying is that he's going away but that the Holy Spirit will be a continuation of his exact work and mission in and through our lives. Jesus is saying what he had, the Holy Spirit that he had, we now have. And because of that, what he did, we do. Jump over to John 16, verse 7. He says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The New Living Translation says, it's best for you that I go. <laughs> it's best for you to go, that I go. In other words, hey guys, you might not believe what I'm about to tell you, you might not believe this statement that I'm gonna say, but it's true. It's actually to your advantage that I go, so he will come. Now, if I'm one of the disciples that's been walking around and 
living day to day with Jesus, I'm gonna be thinking how in the world could this be good? What could be a better advantage than Jesus in the flesh with us dealing with all the things? But I want you to think about this in a real practical way with me for a minute. If Jesus had not left, you know what we'd all be doing? We'd all be flying to Tel Aviv. Like we'd all be, if he was still on the earth, we'd all be flying to Tel Aviv and trying to find him in the midst of millions of other people that are trying to find him. You'd be waiting in endless lines to meet with him and you think the lines at Target are long. Right? Like we'd be waiting in these lines to meet with him and then you'd be so ticked off at everybody that's cutting in front of you in line that when you got to Jesus, you just have to repent. And those like 10 seconds that you got with him would just be filled with repenting for all the people you swore at that cut in front of you. Okay, that's my imagination. I'm sorry, that's weird. But get this. The spirit coming actually allows him now, Jesus, to have millions and billions of conversations and encounters all at once. And now what he's saying is, you, my disciples, and all of us have the advantage. You have the advantage. Turn to somebody and say, you have the advantage. You have the advantage. I think we should take advantage of the advantage. Take advantage of sometimes is a negative term. I'm meaning it in the positive. I think we need to start taking advantage of the advantage. I think we need to start taking advantage of the advantage. Three. I think we need, right? Six, chapter 16, verse 13, he says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So here is the thing that we know about the Holy Spirit. He always glorifies Jesus. He always points to Jesus. He declares Jesus. He doesn't speak on his own authority. He speaks what he hears. Do you see the pattern? Remember Jesus. He only said what he heard the Father saying. He only did what he saw the Father doing, and it's, it's what he modeled. And now he's saying the same thing about the Spirit. He's going to speak to you what he hears. The Passion Translation says it like this. I love this. Holy Spirit will unveil the reality of every truth within you. I can tell I've spent a lot more time in this and it's making me do the happy dance inside. I'm probably not communicating really well. Think about this. Holy Spirit will unveil the reality of every truth within you. Holy 
Holy Spirit will unveil the reality, not just the doctrine of truth. He means the reality. In other words, he's going to give you the practical application of the truth. You don't have to wait for your TV evangelist to tell you. You actually don't even have to wait to come to church on Sunday morning. Holy Spirit is going to reveal the practical application of what he's saying in his word to you. I'm telling you, that is a good word. Sometimes we get lazy because we think somebody else has to do it. We don't have it. Guys, we've got the teacher of teachers living inside of us, and he wants to show us all the things. <laughs> the Greek for truth here means reality, not doctrine. In other words, this application, not just, not just knowledge, but actually how to live in it and express it. See, I think when we go into consumer Christianity mindset, we come and we wait for somebody to teach us. Right now, he says, I'm going to teach you at home on your bed tonight as you're falling asleep. Hey, in the middle of the day, in the middle of that meeting, I got some things I'm going to teach you while that meeting's going on. In the middle of your car drive, I've got some things I'm going to whisper to you, so listen up. Like, I'm going to explain things to you that you don't understand. Like, it never stops, guys. Religion stops. The Spirit of God filling us never stops. His voice never stops. He's going to unveil the application of how to walk it out. You actually don't need me, depend on me to give you the five points of application for every sermon. You can walk out of here and say, Holy Spirit, show me what to do about that. All the Father has, has been given to Jesus. Holy Spirit takes it from Jesus, he says right here. We just read it. And he gives it to us. Guys, the Holy Spirit's so amazing. This is good news, isn't it? It's good news. Let's get to know him. Let's get to know him. Jesus says he guides us into all truth because he's the spirit of truth. I think in a moment... In our current culture, society, <laughs> and society, when it's very difficult to understand what's fully going on in many different situations, have you found it difficult to understand what's really going on? <laughs> okay, just me. Awesome. I think the understatement of the year is we need him. We need him. I know many people believe that they understand everything about everything that's going on right now. Have you met some of those people? I get to talk to all, all different kinds of people and all different kinds of thoughts and ideas, and everybody's done their research and all this. I, I got to tell you, everybody ain't hearing the same thing. Can we laugh about that? Everybody ain't hearing the same thing. <laughs> That's why we need friendship with the Holy Spirit. We do. We need his leadership. We need his voice because we follow the voice. My sheep hear my voice and they actually run from the voice of a stranger. How does Jesus speak to us through the Holy Spirit? And we have this confidence, Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth if we want the truth. If we want the truth, 
Here's what I encourage you. When you don't know what to do, ask him. When you don't know how to make sense of what's going on in your life, ask him. I mean, really ask him and keep asking him. You know, when Jesus says ask, seek, and knock, it's not just a one time. It's a continual asking It's a continual seeking. I think sometimes we've relied on the arm of the flesh to figure things out and we've not gotten the right truth. But guess what? We've been given the one who knows everything about everything. Think about this. You and I, we have continual access to the one who knows everything about everything. Look at this, Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. How many thankful for that? For we do not know what we ought to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. You know, when I read this, it sounds like he's saying that the weakness is that you don't even know what to pray. Have you ever been in that place where you're just, you just don't even know what to pray? Like you've, you've, you've felt so weak that you just don't even know what to pray. I want to tell you, guess what? It's okay. The Spirit helps you in that weak place. And he prays for you when there are no words. And guess what? He, he intercedes according to the will of God for your life and all that's going on with you. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the intercessor that's, that's interceding for me right now. You might be praying, God, give me a, a red Ferrari. The Spirit's praying, no, don't give him a Ferrari. He'll end up in jail from too many speeding tickets. Right? How many are thankful for the Spirit praying? It's like the Spirit prays through us the will of God. It's like he cancels out selfish, wrong prayers. He cancels out the prayers of self-interest and self-preservation, and he only prays the will of God for us. He never contradicts in any way the written word of God, but he may contradict my understanding of it. How many know sometimes we have a wrong understanding of the word of God And we need the teacher to teach us, to lead us into all truth. One of the central ways he leads us into truth is through the Bible, right? So don't forget the entire word of God is is actually inspired by the Holy Spirit. Men moved by the Spirit spoke from God. So when, when we ask him to reveal to us his word, he knows all about it. In fact, he's the best teacher on the planet. He will do it, but we must ask. And I, and I, I know that this seems so elementary to say this, but, but guys, like when we're reading the word, we actually can ask the Holy Spirit to show us what it means. To teach us what it means. But we have to ask Sometimes we don't understand because we haven't asked. You have not because you ask not. I just challenge you in this. When's the last time you actually sat down with the word and asked, would you speak to me? I'm not talking about just checking off the morning Bible reading. I'm saying you sit down with the word of God. You say, would you teach me, Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit. 
Would you show me, Holy Spirit, what you're saying? Would you speak to me? He'll often highlight something that you're reading. You might even have read a few chapters. Have you ever had this happen? You read a few chapters, but, but the Holy Spirit highlights that one place. That one thing, that one verse, that one line that you need, and it becomes alive. It becomes like, like a sword, right? The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And as, I, as I'm in that Word, I'm positioning myself to hear the truth, and I listen, and then I expect Him to speak. And sometimes it's like a whisper, and sometimes it's like a siren going off, but as I'm reading, I don't just read to read. I don't read to check it off a list because that'll bring minimal impact. I read to encounter. I read to encounter. Do you hear what I'm saying? I hope this is alive to you. Because I think that, we, that our times in the Word and our times with, with the Lord are never to be stale and dry. They're to be life because Holy Spirit is there speaking to us. 1 Corinthians 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 12 says this. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand, get this, the things freely given us by God. Holy Spirit gives understanding to us about what is ours. He's going to help us understand what is ours? You don't understand? Ask him. Second Peter 1.3, 1, one of the greatest promises. I, I meditate on this all the time. We've been given everything we need for life and godliness. I want to suggest to you today, how do we access it? The spirit. The spirit. You're in a situation in your life and it doesn't feel like you have everything you need for life. Holy Spirit, what's going on here? Show me what's going on. You're in a place in your life where it doesn't seem like you have everything you need to walk in godliness and holiness. You know that the promise is there, but you don't know what to do. He's going to give you the truth and the practical application of how to walk in godliness. This is a prayer we can pray. Holy Spirit, help me to understand what is mine. If you're taking notes, you write that down. Help me to understand what is mine, what has been given to me. Help me to understand what has been given to me. Maybe it's peace. Maybe you're missing peace today. Okay, Holy Spirit, what's going on with my peace? It's the fruit of you. It's the fruit of walking with you, what's the truth about my peace that's missing? Church, I want to tell you, he'll, he'll tell you the truth. He'll lead you into the truth about it. But sometimes we're not open to the truth. Sometimes what he'll tell you is, hey, remember back then when this thing happened, you got to make that right, and then the peace is going to return. Sometimes, hey, you got off track here, and, and I want to lead you back on track. Thanks for asking. I want to lead you into peace. But we have to ask, and we have to be open, right? Does that feel too heavy today? I think it's actually empowering. I think this is empowering for us. 
Let's be honest with the Lord. Let's be honest with the Holy Spirit. Ask and then be ready to respond to whatever he says, whether we like it or not, right? Holy Spirit, I seem to be missing kindness in my life. (laughs) Where did my kindness go? I know it's mine, Right? You've given me everything for life and godliness. What's happening with the kindness? It's the fruit of you in my life, and I want it. What's the truth? Why is it missing in my life? Church, I believe he wants to speak to you on that relational level. And that truth will set you free. We live outside of all that he's made available to us so often because we're actually not walking in that plumb line connection with the Holy Spirit. He literally wants to give us everything we need for life and godliness in every situation, in every practical level, every single day. What's the truth? You're going to lead me into all truth. That's what Jesus said you would do and who you are to me. So I want to talk about it. Whatever the obstacle that you have in your life, we bring it before him and we ask the Holy Spirit about it because he leads us into all truth. And I want to encourage you, church, to do it. Like, not just the idea of it, but do it for real. And if he doesn't answer, ask again. And if he continues to not answer, maybe he might want to talk about something else. And trust me, if he wants to talk about something else, it's going to be better, whatever he wants to talk about. So talk about what he's talking about, right? Romans 8 says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. All who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. I think it was Eugene Peterson who said something like this. He said, there are no experts in the kingdom of God, only necessarily followers because we don't know where we're going. Because we don't know where we're going. If we're going to be led by the Spirit, we're going to need to get to know the Holy Spirit. I don't follow people well that I don't know. How can we let him lead us if we don't know him? I wonder how much we're missing out on, how many good things, how much fruit, how many encounters, how much revelation, how much godliness, how much peace because of lack of relationship with the third member of the triune Godhead. (laughs) You think about just the fruit of the Spirit in itself, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, a few of those I might have missed. They're all the fruit of him. How many want to live in the fruit of him in your life? Like, you don't do that on your own. It's, it's like in him. It's him. It's through relationship with him. He changes your heart. He gets in you. He gets into all the places with this truth. And then all of a sudden, you just begin to flow like a river of life with the spirit of God coming out of you because you've been with him. say this a lot, but peace is an inside job. Peace is an inside job. Joy is an inside job. It's a work of the Spirit. It has nothing to do with externals, nothing to do with what is going on or around you. It has everything to do, I believe, with our awareness of Him. If I'm trying to control, I'm not going to have peace. If I'm trusting and I'm following, I'm gonna be 
led by him and led by peace. I want to be more aware of him than anything else. And when I am, I believe that peace will be the fruit. Joy will be the fruit. Whatever we're missing, it's available. Right? Whatever's missing, whatever you're aware of that's missing, don't look at it as a negative. Look at it as an invitation. Oh, that's missing? I need to find it. Holy Spirit, where is that? Because you've given me all things. Jesus paid for me to walk in this promise and in this whatever, whatever it may be. Okay, help me find it. Lead me into it. Are you guys connecting with this? I'm just about done. Tyler, you kind of come up here and help me end. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, 14. This will be the last one verse I'm going to read. Paul closes out his letters to the Corinthians here, and he just says this simple little thing that just I've been meditating on it. He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Other translations say the communion of the Holy Spirit. What could be better than this? The grace of Jesus, the love of God, and the communion, the invitation for fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's called relationship. I believe that today he's inviting us into an awareness of the Spirit like we have never known. However much you've walked in the Spirit, how many know there's more? There's, there's an invitation to more. I'm going to invite you to stand with me. I wish I, had a, wish I had better words for this, but this is what I felt to close. That I actually believe today that there is an activation that's going to take place and it's actually an activation of our awareness of him, a greater awareness of him. We become so aware of so many things. Um, we've, we have so much information right now that's constantly in front of us. I think it's good to be aware of, of what's going on around us and, and all the things. But, but, but if I'm most aware of him, I'll be aware of everything I need to be aware of. If I'm most aware of him, I'll be aware of everything I need to be aware of. If I'm most aware of him, I'll be aware of everything I need to be aware of. And I, I believe today the invitation is for more. And it's a place in the spirit where we turn to him before anything else, where our entire life is attached to his voice where our entire life is attached to his voice because man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. How does he speak? He speaks through the spirit. He speaks, we respond, he leads, we follow. And it all happens through friendship and fellowship and sweet communion with the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. How many would say, I want more of that in my life today? If you do, would you just lift your hands right now? And I just want us just to begin to invite him right now. We don't want to just know all this stuff. We want to actually encounter this right now. Would you just lift up your voices right now and just, just begin to welcome him? 
him. If you pray in tongues, you can pray in tongues right now. Pray in English, pray in English, but just invite him right now all over the room for just a few seconds. Come on. Come on. Come on, just, just invite him. Just welcome him. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We welcome you today. We welcome you today. I just believe that this, in the spirit there is a reset today. That sometimes over time we can become desensitized. Sometimes it happens when we ignore the gentle whisper or the leading of his voice. Sometimes it's flat out disobedience that can desensitize us. Sometimes it's because we're just so busy and wrapped up in life that we actually lose our awareness. Like I didn't realize my own phone was on me and I'm looking all over and he's right there. Sometimes our awareness gets lost. Sometimes we lose our availability to him. Sometimes we get so consumed with what's happening around us instead of what's happening in us. Today, church, I believe he wants to do a Holy Spirit reset. He wants to flow in your life. Every part, he wants to fully awaken senses. And so as your hands are lifted, I'm gonna pray this over you at home, here in the room. I pray for a holy reset right now. I pray for an awakening of your senses today. I pray for an expectation and an anticipation of him speaking to you, of him leading you, of him giving you the word from heaven. I pray in Jesus' name right now, I ask that where things have been cut off, where the flow has been blocked, I pray that that blockage would be broken in Jesus' name and that there would be a flow, a release of the Spirit of God in your life. I pray where there has been a desensitization to the voice of the Lord, that there would be a reset right now, and if there are things that need to be repented of, you'd repent, you'd go back, make that right so that flow can flow so that the flow of the Spirit can just flow. And I pray that there would be great joy and there would be great peace and that the kingdom would come all through your life. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, can we give the Lord just a big shout of thanks and praise today? Come on. I wanna encourage you, church, as you walk out of here today, the word of the Lord is powerful. It's not me. His word is powerful. When you walk out of here today, I believe you're going to walk in a different place of expectation and awareness of him. And you're going to experience things you've not experienced before in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have an amazing week. We pray for you. We love you. We'll see you here on Wednesday.